Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday, what's today, December 13th. We're 12 days from Christmas. And FSU got a couple of Christmas presents this weekend. Uh, myself, TJ Pittenger, co-hosts Freddie Stevenson and Richie Barnes. How you gentlemen doing tonight? And I'm great, man. Just came back from Tallahassee. Nose got us a win, not only in football, but in basketball as well. And the Canes lost, the Gators lost. Florida State held it down for the state of Florida, man. We're back, baby. Yeah, it was a, about as perfect a weekend uh, from a sports standpoint as you could want if you're a Florida State fan and throw in if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan as well because they took care of business today. Um, Dalvin Cook looks good. Uh, definitely want to shout him out. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely jealous you guys got to get the uh, VIP treatment up in Tallahassee, it looks like, uh, from the photos I saw. So I, I hope you all had a good time and excited to, to talk about the events of the weekend. Yeah, it was a heck of a weekend. Um Shout out to my guy, Mike. He's actually a UCF fan, but he tweeted me this or asked me this question about halfway through the Florida game. So, so we had, we had beaten Florida that morning. Uh, we beat Duke Miami lost their basketball game to Florida Gulf coast. And then they lost their football game. Pretty embarrassing to us UNC. We'd obviously beaten Florida in basketball and then Florida was losing and he texted or he tweeted me and said, has, has that scenario ever happened before? Has, has Florida State won in both major sports and the other two rivals lost? And I said, I don't know, but I don't think so. Because there's just not a lot of crossover where you have all six teams playing at the same time. The seasons don't cross over. So I did a little research and found out they didn't. And so for the first time in history, uh, don't let your other fan sites out there that just copy people's tweets get away with the credit for this. Shout out my guy, Mike, that <laughs> deserves the credit for this. And then I was the one that ended up posting it with a shout out to him. Uh, first time in history that Florida State football and basketball both won, and the Gators and Canes lost in their two big sports. Well, gymnastics is big for UF too, um, but in the in the two sports that everybody focuses on. So, a great weekend, uh, a great Saturday. Freddie and I had a lot of fun up in Tallahassee. I knew that Richie was kicking himself the whole weekend, like following along with what we were doing, um, but it was a lot of fun and. It worked out really, really well with just me and Freddie there. So you're not invited to the next one we do. Like you just need to go do, like you need to go hit some balls at Top Golf. You need to drink some more IPAs in Orlando. Like you need to stay home. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll, I'll take one for the team. But you know, it was a had a good time getting up early. You know, it made some pancakes and bacon and, and turned on the Florida State Florida game. Um, and a, a little later, I'm gonna do my basketball minute. Um, and that's more for fun and, you know, corny puns and all, all that stuff. Um, but it wouldn't feel right if we don't first mention um, Keontae Johnson, the UF basketball player who uh, collapsed on the court in Tallahassee coming out of a timeout. Um, he spent the night in TMH. Um, the latest update we have is he's critical but stable, and uh, they hope to transfer him to Shands in Gainesville here in the near future. Uh, his family just went out to Tallahassee today, I believe. Um, and just thoughts and prayers with that young man, his family, his teammates, the Florida program. Um, it was, a, I, you guys were there and, and I didn't see it until, uh, obviously we heard about it, but I saw someone posted the gif of when it happened and I'm immediately like, take that down, man. I, no one needs to see that. We don't know his condition. Um, but all we can do is send, a, send love his way and to him and his family. So I, I definitely wanted to mention that before we get into the, the meat of things tonight. Yeah. I mean, Freddie can speak to it too. Fred, I don't know from a player's perspective if you have anything that kind of comes to your mind, but 
I've never, and I've been to a lot of sporting events, a lot, you know, like I did a, a hundreds and hundreds, you know, from high school to, to pro. Right. And I've, I've never seen something that scary at any sporting event that I've ever been at. And then you, then you factor in the crowd, the, the fact that, you know, we had really good seats. We're, we're right there by where it's happening. And there's like 2000 people in the arena. So like you literally, like I could hear Gene Deckerhoff. I could hear his radio call. Like he's the only person in the arena that was talking. That's how quiet it was. There was nobody in there, but anyway, yeah. So it was one of the scariest things that I've ever seen. Like my stomach, Every time that I thought about it for the rest of the day, my stomach was in knots. Um, and he wasn't moving at all. And the way the players were reacting and you're sitting there watching it, I, mean, I thought he had like passed away there right on the court. And it was it was super scary. He left with his eyes closed and his head kind of the side. And um, glad that he's at least in stable condition. I know criticals, uh, you know, means that he kind of still, for, for those that don't know, still requires the, the supervision like constantly. Stable means that his vitals are all in a good place. Um, so hopefully he'll continue to improve and, and get better. But man, it was it was definitely creepy. I mean, it was definitely scary, and I mean, it took the took the wind out of the out of the game for for a little while. Um, you know, shout out our fans when you know Florida's players were pretty upset. You could tell the whole arena was pretty upset, and when when Florida State was still in the huddle and Florida came back on the floor and they were huddling up at on the logo at, at midcourt um our fans gave them a, a a pretty nice round of applause a pretty nice show of support i don't i've turned over and said that to somebody else i've never seen um you know a rival cheer when the other team came back on the court um, but you could just sense the gravity of the moment and um anyway yeah prayers up to keontae johnson i don't want to keep going on it but obviously very impactful and before we do anything else tonight definitely want to shout him out freddie i did want to ask you that like was there were there any close calls that you remember like playing or being at or anything like that where it was like that bad? I mean, I know guys get hurt all the time and get carted off, but they usually like raise their hand up and it's an ACL or something and they're you know they're they're fine. It sucks, but they're fine. You know. Yeah, I don't think we ever had a situation when I was playing where a guy passed out or like got knocked out and it was a situation that dire, but. Yeah, it's I've never seen anything like that. So, um, and when it happened in the game, I kind of missed it. I, the guys were yelling, and I'm thinking maybe they're trying to rush inbound the ball fast or something because it's so it was so quiet in there at the moment. I didn't know what was going on, and then I saw the guy, and it's, it was just a scary moment for those guys to come back out. At that point, I didn't know if they were going to even play the rest of the game, and I wouldn't have blamed them if they didn't. But for them to go out and play that game, Florida State and Florida. That was that was tough. You seen both sides, especially Florida. It was bothered them. The Florida State guys, it bothered them. So, um, the first five five to eight minutes, you could tell guys were still shaken up by that. So it was it was definitely a tough moment. And prayers go out for him and his family. Yeah, and I'll I'll just say, uh, you know, kudos to Leonard Hamilton. He did approach Mike White and UF and said, "Hey, we completely understand if you do not want to play this game out." Um, I would have been perfectly fine with it. It it, it felt weird watching the game knowing what had happened um but apparently uf other uh, players really wanted to, to go out and finish the game and, and you know again kudos to everyone involved for how they handled it yeah so prayers up to keontae johnson again super 
I felt like it, we all felt like it was super important for us to do that before we um, now turn our attention to trolling UF for, for the rest of their weekend past that. But yeah, no, super, uh, super, super grateful that, um, you know, he is still with us. Cause that again, was my number one concern and hopefully he just continues to improve. Um, and just, you know, the last thing I'll say is in, in prayers for his, not only his teammates and coaches and staff and friends, but his family, uh, his family wasn't, I mean, his parents had to be flown in and stuff and they weren't there and just, you know, Fred, I know you can relate to this, but like as a parent, I couldn't imagine, I mean, my kid like falls down when she's running around the yard and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? You know, like I couldn't imagine being thousands of miles away or hundreds of miles away. I don't, I don't know where he's from, um, but being hundreds of miles away and um, not being able to be there for your kids. So prayers for his family and, and everybody involved for sure. I was, I called myself, I was up when we got back to the hotel last night, I was watching the boxing fights. And I just kept turning it back and forth to ESPN just to see if I could get any updates on what was taking place with him. So I've been all day. If I hear some positive news, that's what I'm looking out for, just to make sure he's all right. But I'm praying. I'm praying for him, and I hope every everything ends up all right. That was you. You hate to see that in sports rivalries or not. Yeah. No. No doubt. Um, so we'll transition there and try and lighten the mood a little bit. But again, we thought that was important to do. Um, Speaking of being in Tallahassee, if you are in Tallahassee still or if you are up there full-time, you can hit either Guthrie's location. I drove by both of them. I didn't go at either time because I had so much food this weekend that I just couldn't force down a, a gut box. But uh, Double Fries, No Saw, brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee, 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. Hit them up and make sure you get a Double Fries, No Saw box. Uh, powered also, you see my hat, by the Big Three roll-up. I am making some edits and some changes to our merchandise website with a big three roll up. I added double fries hoodies uh, last week. Those are up and available as well as t-shirts. It's cold outside. We're making some switches with our merchandise website and should greatly improve um, the time that things have been taking to go out. We're kind of switching around some things with suppliers. And so had a bunch of stuff go out today and should be out this week. Um, so check that out if you can. Um, I think kind of some, some of the, what we'll get into first is just kind of the breaking news that has happened today. We had JJ Garrett on a couple of weeks ago to talk about this. He was super confident in it. Shout out JJ Garrett uh, for his prediction that ended up coming true today. Andrea Arlson, how do I say that? Adelson. Adelson with ESPN. I totally butchered that. She'll probably never come <laughs> on, but it's all good. Uh, Andrea broke the news today and then McKenzie as well tweeted, that he, McKenzie Milton, would be joining the Florida State Seminoles um, this upcoming season as a grad transfer. So uh, in a pandemic year, in a year that we went, had two wins, now three, uh, haven't had our best season, Mike Norvell lands a big-time transfer. Florida State, I hate to go crazy, but Florida State is going to have the best quarterback in the state next year. You guys agree with this? I do. Um, you know, the, the last time he played, he was in the same conference as the other returning quarterback that we think is coming back down in Miami last year. And uh, he had a much better season than Derek King did. Gruesome injury, obviously. Um, the health is, is the caveat there, but it's a huge pickup. Um, you know, we, as soon as they, he announced he was transferring, we started hearing rumors, but we hear that pretty much any time an offensive lineman or quarterback enters the portal, some Florida state fan starts rumors. Oh, they're, they're coming to Florida state. 
Um, and this is a guy that you have to think would have had some really good options and probably could have had more if he had waited. But I think he's eager to just get to Tallahassee, uh, enroll in January, and, and hopefully they can have a spring. And I'm excited. I think it was a huge pickup. Freddie, what were your thoughts? Yeah, without, without a doubt, if he bounces back from this injury and is at least 80% of what he was, like, that's going to be the best quarterback in the state of Florida. Just the showcase he was able – what he was able to showcase while he was at UCF, being a winner, a leader, guy that rallied that team together. Um, his precision in the pocket, being able to make plays out of nothing, that's something that this team needs, having a guy with experience. Um, I know we have some guys back there, but there are a lot of young guys. So we're bringing a guy, a veteran into this locker room that knows how to win. That'll be great for our football team. And I think they'll take a major step with him back there. I think so much of it's going to come down to, and I think Freddie asked this when JJ was on, is his health? And, and Richie made a good point when we were chatting off there today, is that it's going to be so so much mental, right? And, and Florida State being able to protect him and him having the confidence in his O-line. Uh, but when he was on, he was insane. Harlan got in the chat today as well and was just saying, man, his highlights are just unreal. Uh, and they are. You know, UCF was really, really good that year, beat a good Auburn team uh, in the, I want to say it was the Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl, yeah. Fiesta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, knew it was a, I knew it was a New Year's Day Bowl. I remember where I was watching it, but uh, ended up beating them. And and that'll be the thing, right, is, you know, there are some injuries where guys come back and, and they're never the same. You know, I remember when, you know, my favorite athlete of all time, Kobe, got hurt. And, I mean, that it was in the end of his career and, and it, that Achilles kind of, ruined him right like he's never the same after that and so if 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 McKenzie can be um if McKenzie can can be like someone like whoever just said 80 percent of what he was there it's going to be really really good for FSU now Florida State still has to do good things around him right still has to protect still has to improve uh weapons and run the ball well and things like that but there's a lot of optimism around it there's a lot of excitement and so um I mean, I'm excited to have the best quarterback in the state. It's been since, uh, well, 2016. So like, let's not go crazy with it. But yeah, so it hasn't, I guess it hasn't been that long, but it has been a couple of years. So um, anything else on the Milton announcement? What, what does this do for Chubba Purdy? What does this do? Is Jordan Travis probably moving on? Like, what are you guys' thoughts there? So I think, uh, I'm maybe I'm just being overly optimistic. I think both will stay. I think uh, Chubba... You know, I heard his high school coach on a uh, podcast before the season, and he was saying how he really wanted him to get a redshirt year. He didn't want him to play this year. Um, and, and he said that he would be okay with that. So I think Chuba, he's patient. He knows this is only one year with uh, Milton coming in. Uh, so, and I'm sure Norvell's going to say, hey, you can still compete for the job, but we're not bringing him in as a guaranteed starter. Um, we like what he does, and uh, we think he could start for us, but that doesn't mean you can't. Jordan Travis, it's a little tricky because – Man, even with Milton, if if Milton is healthy, he's definitely the best quarterback on the roster. Um, but Jordan Travis is showing that you, you got to get him on the field somehow. He he's one of your most dynamic playmakers, regardless of position that we've had, you know, since Dalvin left. I, I think Travis is just so shifty. He can run the ball. So even if we get Milton, I'd love to see Travis, you know, throw him in the slot for a few plays or or put him at running back for a few plays. I, I don't know, just I would hate to lose him because I do think he's a playmaker. So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he's what he does moving into the spring. 
I have a follow-up there and then a question for Freddie. I'd love to see some packages with Travis. Um, kind of like what – this is a terrible comparison. But kind of like what Mullen does with, with Emory, I just think Mullen does this like the stupidest times possible. <laughs> Like they'll, they'll have driven like 70 yard trash and they'll be on like the 15 yard line. He'll put Jones. And I'm like, why are you doing like you did it last night against LSU, which I can't wait to talk about that, but hopefully something like that, but just smarter, like just not as idiotic, right? Like not predetermined it. Yeah. The third drive, you have to get him in. No, you go three and out twice and need a spark, then do it. Not after your quarterback's driven you 70 yards and and gets done. Freddie, we've talked about the um, Everett Golson transfer. And I know it's different with a different coach and different things like that. But Richie made a good point, right? Like, you know, the Norvell is going, whether it is or not, Norvell is going to tell Purdy and Travis, no, 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 he's coming in to compete for a job. That's not his job automatically, whether it is or not, right? Like he's going to keep these guys engaged and say that we have a quarterback battle. Did you feel like it was a true quarterback battle between Sean and Everett or was it Everett's job the day he stepped on campus? I think, um, we all knew it was Everett's the day that he stepped on campus, but with the situation, it was, he was kind of forced into that role. He didn't, he couldn't pick up the offense. So we knew it was only a matter of time um, before Sean would take over. So yeah, it was Everett's job coming in from day one, but we knew if he ever slipped up and made a mistake that Sean would get his opportunity. So McKenzie may be in a, a similar situation and, it's ability on his end, and I don't think he'll have an issue. He played for Frost. I don't think he'll have an issue picking up offense. Yeah. It's just about his health. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and it's a little different now. I mean, obviously, different coaches. The transfer portal makes things much, much more different. Um, you know, if if Travis or Purdy think they can go somewhere else and, and, and get a chance, they will. Back then, guys didn't really transfer. Like, you wouldn't have expected Sean to transfer even then. So, it, it is a little different for sure, but I just wanted to kind of get – get your take. And I, and I agree, you know, if his, if, if he can get over the injury and he's, you know, healthy and mentally checked in and everything, he'll be uh, in good shape for it. Uh, any thoughts on any other thoughts on Milton before we get to some of Saturday's action guys? Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say is I think uh, you need to give Norvell and Dillingham credit here. Uh, Nebraska is in a, about as bad a shape as we are right now. And they're in desperate need of a quarterback. Um, and you know, Scott Frost picked up the phone and said, Hey, but, let's bring the band back together. But he, despite living in Hawaii, you know, he'd been in Orlando. He still lives in Hawaii. That's where he's been the past week. That's a great pull. Cause it, you're able to say you sold him on something like, Hey, you saw what my offense looks like when I have it rolling at Memphis. That's how I want it to look like with you and Milton bought in. So kudos to Norville and Dillingham for, for making that happen. Absolutely. Kind of touched on that during a pandemic year, during a year where yeah. we've won twice as many, or we lost twice as many games as we've won. <laughs> Uh, you know, very impressive to pull that. I hate that it's so close to early signing day, uh, but maybe that makes a positive swing your way on on early signing day. You know, Gus yeah. Malzahn just got let go from Auburn. I could see some transfer or uh, some some kids decommit there. I, yeah. You know, we don't get into the really, really nitty gritty of recruiting, but if that sways a guy or two your way, then, you know, certainly um, is – is welcomed you also talked about i'll back up one more thing you also talked about chubba getting a red shirt i mean technically got a red shirt this year just because of the pandemic um so we'll kind of see what he does next year obviously could red shirt again or he could kind of get some i mean hopefully just get some mop-up duty hopefully we're just blowing people out again like you know the old days i'm not last night we are not predicting that just yet 
Um, yeah, no, no doubt. So hopefully that can kind of be part of it as well, uh, you know, and then past the pandemic, I mean, you, you still get your four games to, to play and still be able to register. Yeah. At this point, you know, I, I could not imagine that Chubba Purdy is here for six years. Uh, but if he is and he's balling, then let's roll, you know. So um, so there was a game. There was a game that Chubba Purdy got some mop-up duty in. Um, Florida State Tate. played. And I'm sorry, Tate Rodemaker got in. Sorry, old-fashioned number two over here. <laughs> that Tate got in. Um Florida State beat the heck out of Duke on Saturday. It got a little close for comfort once Freddie got inside the stadium. But <laughs> before he got inside the stadium, we were rolling. And then, like, Freddie kind of threw the vibes off a little bit, and we had to, like, recalibrate there. But uh, Florida State holds up the winning streak against Duke, has never lost to Duke, and so sent them back home. And we're not the worst team in the ACC. Like, I'll just say that. You know, like, we're better than Duke. We're better than Syracuse. We're better than North Carolina. We're better than Miami, who just lost North Carolina. So, like, there's a lot of teams we're better than. So, uh, thoughts on that, you know, Freddie and I were enjoying a, a, a pretty big buffet. So, Richie, I'll let you start with your thoughts on the game, since you may have paid attention a little better than we did. <laughs> yeah, it was – I mean, it, we come out on fire, right? Four touchdowns on our first four drives. Um, the ground attack is, is great. Travis hit, threw a dime to Ontario Wilson, uh, which he unfortunately went down with an injury. And then Duke scores three unanswered touchdowns as well. And then it's 28-21. And not at that point, I'm like, oh, man, it's here we go again. This is going to be a fight down the stretch. Uh, but shout out to the defense for, for getting a turnover, um, knocking out Duke's starting quarterback. And, uh, you know, they changed the game, which I, I certainly wouldn't have expected that. The rushing attack was phenomenal all night, 324 yards um, from all sorts of players, including walk-ons getting in there. I saw Treshawn Ward get a, get a few carries. Um, but yeah, I was nervous when it was 28, 27, and then it was good to see the team because in previous years, it doesn't matter how good their opponents been, you know, that's, they, they I fold. Was, I think it was 28, 21. Was yeah. Sorry. 28, 21. But yeah, their opponents, you know, Florida state would fold in that situation the past few years, but instead they fought back and then build the lead back up and, uh, you know, basically blew them out. You know, they had them doubled up 56 to 28. That's I never would have expected that. I know it's Duke. They're bad. We're not great either. But, Freddie, what are your thoughts from uh, inside the Champions Club there? Yeah, I come in and I hear – I'm watching everything on the ESPN. Uh, I come out, I forget my mask, so I'm walking back and I have to come back to the stadium. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. I, and they're blowing them out. It's 28-0. But as soon as I walk through the door, Duke scores. Duke scores again. Duke scores again. I'm like, man, maybe I need to leave, leave out. I'm bad. Look. But – um, I get I start getting nervous, but at the beginning of the second half, I think that play was it third and one. The quarterback's rolling out, Bryce is rolling out, and we've known this all year. Gets a complete head on it. He he made the play of the game, in my opinion, coming down and filling that alley, forcing that fumble, and I think it took Bryce out of the game, and then they had to. Um, continue the rest of the game with backups, and they just couldn't ever really find a rhythm after that. But Gant made the play of the game. We were losing all the momentum. Bryce was starting to get in the rhythm, and he made that hit and that fumble changed. It changed the whole course of the game, and we were able to get on on the run again. The uh, end of the first half was so so crucial. I don't know if this was more. Uh, I, I don't know if this was so much us making plays as it was just God looking out for us, but. Duke had 
three holding calls in a row that took them from first and 10 on the 18 with 37 seconds to go down to, I'm sorry, with 42 seconds to go back to first and 40 on their own 48 and Bryce throws two incompletions and then they end up just kneeling it. And man, the way that drive was going, it really felt like Duke was going to take it in there and tie the game up uh, at 28 all. They weren't able to, they come out the very next drive. Freddie was talking about this and fumble the ball away. Massive hit leads to a fumble. Florida state scores two plays later and you're up 14 again. Duke has to punt after going three and out and Florida state scores again to double them up. Once it got up to 42, 21 with the backup quarterback in, obviously you felt pretty good about Florida state's chances there. My biggest takeaway is, is I'll go back and um, you know, talk about what Kirk talked about, right? Like, you know, it's not so much the wins and losses is the way the guys played. And when Duke went on a 21, nothing run or when Duke was cut it to 28 to 21 and had the ball driving, man, Florida state team a month ago would have quit. You know, that Florida state team earlier in the year would have quit Florida state team last year or the year before would have quit and, and lost that game. And so obviously I'm glad that we got the win. I'm glad that we were able to finish but just the fact that they didn't quit, just the fact that they fought for each other is so massive. Jordan Travis obviously makes the entire world of difference having him on the field. He is incredibly special. And it was, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that we win the game without him. I mean, he's just that much of a difference maker for Florida State. And uh, so massive win. Uh, and, and Florida State's in a position now. It's going to be tough this weekend if we're in a plan. But Florida State's in a position now where they get to four and six, and we've had three ACC teams bag out of bowls already. You know, they're better than Duke, and they're better than Syracuse. And so Florida State's inching their way up to being, like, in the top half of the ACC by the end of the year. And so we may end up going bowling. So I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, very fun game to be at. A little bit of drama, not not too much, but a little bit of drama in the first half, and then glad that we were able to just beat the heck out of them there in the second half. I think it's kind of what you touched on how the team kept fighting and gave effort. And we, we touched on this last week that if you're a player still on this team, still showing up, still going to practice, getting ready for these games, it's because you want to be there. Um, even if you're not going to be here next year, look at a guy like Hampson Nazareth, man. He had an outstanding game, nine tackles, an interception. We know he's going to the NFL. There's really no reason for him to play these games right now, but he he wants to be out there with his teammates uh, and wants to go out there for Coach Norvell. So I think that's an outstanding sign. Uh, hopefully, again, Duke is really bad. They're one of the worst Power Five teams in the entire country. But when's the last time Florida State did what did that to a Power Five team um, when they were supposed to? They they just haven't, and they weren't even really supposed to. They were favored by five points at kickoff. So just really good, really encouraging to see and. That would be awesome if we can upset Wake. I do think they'll be favored by about a touchdown or so. We'll see. But, again, the players still playing. They want to be here. So, shout out to them, man. It's I can't imagine still giving that kind of effort, given everything that they've been through since March. Um, what are your thoughts, Freddie? Yeah, without, without a doubt, I, um, I, just, I think it's major for this team. I know I've seen in press conferences um, of Norvell speaking on how we need these reps. Over the past few weeks, I didn't know if we – we're going to play, and I kind of got nervous heading up. I'm like, man, I hope this game doesn't get canceled. <laughs> but then it, it got it got played, and I agree with TJ, man. This team, 
when it was 20, 28 to 21, I'm like, oh, man. Like, you start thinking maybe Duke's going to come back and we're going to go back to the, the old ways and they somehow sneak sneak out a win on us. But a few penalties and then that play by Gantt just turned everything around and we just turned it on from that point. They could have easily put the heads down and started bonehead penalties, bonehead mistakes, but they didn't. They continued to fight and we started making plays and found a way to win. Do you have um, – oh, how about that interception? <laughs> um, how about the one-handed interception? Was that the first half, second half? I think that was the second half. The second half, yeah. Um, that was incredible. Yeah, we were, Travis we were, Jay? I think we were, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we were up 41. We were up 42-21. So we had kind of already doubled them up. Um, man, that was incredible. I, I, did anybody watch sports? I didn't watch sports. I kept it on the UF game and then I just went to bed once that was over at like midnight, but I feel like that's a top play. I know a lot of things happen and there were a lot of top plays that, you know, hopefully were, um, you know, hopefully come from the basketball game too, but man, the interception there was one of the best that I've seen this year in all of college football. Um, so, but speaking of that player of the game, I mean, offense, it's going to be hard not to go Jordan Travis, but player of the game, offense, defense. Yeah, I'll go Jordan Travis just because we know what that offense looks like without him. So he, he's he got to be the one. Um, and defensively, man, a shout out again, Hampton Azardine for me. Nine tackles, big interception. A guy that has really no business playing when he knows he's going to the senior bowl in a few weeks. Um, he's risking injury just to go out there and fight with everyone and, and played really well to boot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Richie on this one. Um, Travis was a spark on the offensive side of the ball, and, and Hamza, it was good to see him back in form. Still rocking that brace, but you see him flashing those old ways, and he's getting more, more comfortable each and, each and every rep out there. And it's great to see Travis leading this team, and Hamza was a big, a big, big factor in the game for us last night. So that was great to see, and we got us a win. Yeah, Hamza led the team in tackles, also had a tackle for loss and a pass defended so um awesome to see him out there uh, and i don't know who else you could who you could go with i mean travis jay was was obviously pretty big with the uh interception but um and then you know the, the team is just different with uh with jordan travis back there Toe philly had a nice game had a 73 yard yeah. touchdown run um you know a lot of people chipped in and, and were really good so uh, but yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Travis and, and, uh, Hamza back there. Um, so that'll lead us right into, and then we'll talk more on the weight game on Thursday. I don't, you know, yeah. we'll do like an official preview. I also want to talk the ACC and SEC championship games on Thursday. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, what that takes us into now is the long awaited arrival or re-arrival or reappearance or however you want to put that of something that has been requested and asked for for months and months and months. Are you guys going to do this? Are you bringing this back? I don't know why there were so many questions about this because we always said yes. Like it wasn't like we were trying to keep anybody in suspense. Um, but my favorite part, sorry, Trey, Trey was awesome. Don't get me wrong. My favorite part of the roll cast for like the last, for, you know, the, from November to what March, February, when basketball ended, 
was Richie's basketball minute. I am so glad that he's back and doing this again. And I want to let you guys know on a tip. I don't know how you listen to your podcast. I don't know if you listen on like one time speed or one and a half, or you get really, really crazy like me and listen on two and a half times speed. But this basketball minute is better at one and a half or two times speed. So like speeding it up, like you think Richie's like, Richie's talking fast anyway. I'm just telling you, like speed it up and listen to this quickly. And then if you miss anything, go back and listen again. But it's real, like he sounds super hyped if you speed it up. So without further ado, Harlan, you cue the music up. Richie Barnes is Basketball Minute. It was a great week for the Fighting Ham Bones, and it all started Wednesday night when the Tribe took part in the ACC Big Ten Challenge against the Hoosiers of Indiana. Florida State got off to a hot start, taking an 8-2 lead following a Raekwon 50 Shades of Grey drive-in dunk, but this one would be a back-and-forth affair all night. The two teams traded blows for the first 20 minutes before eventually heading to the half with the good guys in front 33-31. While most of the Hoosiers struggled against the length of the Knolls, they were able to smuggle a baby Shaq into the tuck who kept him in the game all night. Trace Michael Jackson Davis was a monster in the middle, going for an impressive 25-17 and 17 on the night, giving Florida State fits for most of the contest. The magnificent MJ Walker was assertive in his 41 minutes of action, leading the way with 19 points, including a massive three from the logo with 51 seconds left in regulation right before the game would eventually head to overtime. There were just 12 total points in the extra period, but none bigger than the final two. Freshman phenom Scotty Barnes took the inbound late, drove the length of the court, hit Indiana with a Euro step before floating one off the glass with 1.8 seconds to play, looking at Indiana's bench and asking, who's your daddy? Knowles win 69-67. Then on Saturday, it was Father's Day in Tallahassee as Leonard Hamilton welcomed his son Mike White and the Florida Gators to the TLC double C. Early on, it looked as if the Tribe's win streak of six straight over the Lizards was in jeopardy as the school out east could not miss from deep. The second-rate Scotty, Scotty Lewis, that is, would end up dropping 19 on the Knolls, most of them early. Florida jumped out to a 23-14 lead, and then the Tribe would go on to score two touchdowns and a field goal, going on a 17-0 run, leaving Ron Burgundy saying that escalated quickly. Anthony, not so polite to the Gators, had himself a monster first half, eventually finishing the day with 14 points. But the final 30 minutes of the game should have been played in the United Center, as this was the MJ and Scotty show, and man, did it get mighty disrespectful. It started late in the first half when Scotty Pippen Barnes went baseline to baseline before throwing Thor's hammer down on Colin Sand Castleton. But the super producing point guard wasn't done just yet. Early in the second half, we witnessed some Scotty on Scotty crime as Barnes dropped a bomb over Lewis in transition, but the Knolls weren't done printing posters at the tuck just yet. And I'm not sure what's better, guys, the dunks or that shimmy we saw Barnes give us after. Later, MJ Walker took the ball the length of the court and brings the pain to Omar Payne, throwing it down over him, then channeled his inner Allen Iverson, disrespectfully stepping over Payne on his way back down the court. Make it seven in a row for the for over Mike White's squad for Ham and company as Florida State wins comfortably 83-71 behind 34 points from MJ and Scotty, moving to 3-0 on the season. The Knowles will take the next few days off before hosting Georgia Tech Tuesday night at the TLC Double C. Woo! I'm tired for you, bro. Like, I took, like, three sips of Old Fashioned while you were doing that, and I'm, I'm exhausted for you. But I haven't but done that, that was, since March. So. I was going to say, that was a glorious addition I just want to wrap up the podcast right now so I can go back and listen to it. Like, Harlan, just post this. Like, post it so I can go listen to it. Um, man, 
if you're interested in sponsoring Richie's basketball, <laughs> uh, reach out Listen, to us because that is that, that is what everybody. That, I don't even know why me and Freddie are on here. I mean, I don't. That's, I, I, I like that. That's tough. <laughs> Basketball season, I feel like it's my time to shine, and it. it and Freddie, with the, you know his extra sauce, he's at an unfortunate uh, disadvantage because the product I get to talk about is a lot better than what he's been able to talk about this year. <laughs> man, listen, I got butterflies <laughs> over here listening to that. Man, God, <laughs> damn, Richie. No, that was fantastic. Welcome back, Mr. Barnes. Um, the second most impressive Mr. Barnes of the weekend. Yeah. For sure. yeah, um, I, and I'm MJ totally Walker's Yeah, no, for sure. Your cousin lit it up on Saturday. Um, so that was fun. So Freddie and I were at the game on Saturday, of course. You know, if you're just now joining us, we, we mentioned at the beginning of the, of, the, of the top of the show, but shout outs and prayers to Keontae Johnson as he continues to recover or hopefully get better in at Tallahassee Medical Center. Um, hopefully, you know, he's able to, to get out and come home. So if you're just joining us, we definitely lifted up our thoughts and, and prayers to him earlier. Um, uh, but then getting back to the game, uh, you know, it did it, it, the, the injury or the, the timeout or just however, you know, the, the disruption that him getting hurt, um, definitely sucked the life out of the, out of the Tucker center. And there wasn't many people in there anyway, but then after that, Florida seemed kind of galvanized, right? Like they, yeah. You know, they, they were sloppy for a couple of minutes, but then they went up nine, like Richie said in his basketball minute. And when they were up nine, we just, our offense was just out of sorts. Like our offense just had nothing going. The defense wasn't super strong. Their offense wasn't great either. But yeah, we went on a, like a 17 to nothing run and, and really turned things around, hit some corner threes. And we were playing a lot better defense and made some free throws as crazy as that sounds. And the team got up by enough at, at halftime to where I, you know, kind of felt comfortable. And, and Freddie and I went up to a box for halftime and some of the second half. And I wasn't even really watching as closely to start the second half, but, you know, never, never relinquished it, never let up. Well, I'd say when I was watching was when we were like putting people in posters, MJ and Scotty and everybody. Oh my goodness. I mean, there's, I mean, you want to beat teams, you know, but like when it's like the rivals, like Florida, Miami, obviously when we play Duke, Carolina, teams like that, like, man, it felt good to to beat the heck out of them. And the Tucker Center got loud at times, you know, there it was a pretty small crowd. It wasn't wasn't very packed, but they got loud and they got excited when some of those dunks were going down. Freddie, what'd you think? Yeah, I think early on we we struggled on finding the rhythm on the offensive side. We had a lot of issues on the defensive side, communicating a lot of a lot of busts on the defensive side. But once we got that that little run, things started opening up on the offensive end. And then it was started it all started from the defensive side of the ball. We were able to apply pressure and get a few turnovers and then a few fast break scores. And then now we're getting a rhythm on the offensive side of the ball. And Florida was just never able to recover the rest of the game. Yeah. And you know, watching at home it was you know, and I've watched literally hundreds of Florida State basketball games over the years, but I still get nervous when we, we get early deficits. We always seem to come back nowadays, but it felt different because it was one of those games where they'd get up by nine, then you'd cut it to five, then they'd stretch back out to eight. You cut it back down to four, then they're back up by nine again. And then the 17 0 run happened. It's, you know, reminded me of that Louisville game at the Tucker Center last year where we just couldn't get close enough and then just went on like a 45 to 15 run. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. And man, Scotty, I think that was his mentality coming into this game because I, I know he missed the first one early, but he about put someone on a poster the first two minutes of the game. 
uh, draws the foul and then puts two other guys on a poster. And then MJ said, Hey, let me on the action. Um, like I mentioned, Anthony flight was outstanding while the team was struggling. He made several threes early on to, you know, keep the game close. Um, and like Freddie said, the defense is really what did it. Cause a, a lot of that was in transition off turnovers and, you know, just a fun game. And it, once they took that lead, you, you felt good, you know, Florida got close a few times, but you felt good that Florida state was going to hold on. And they did for, you know, like we said, seven in a row now, uh, for Ham and the team over Mike white. Um, Man, I, when we went up there and we knew we were going to both games, I mean, both spreads were close. Florida State was only, what, a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite in basketball and then five in football, yeah. and football has been letting us down. I was really concerned with Florida State's offense after that Indiana game because I just thought it it just didn't look very good. And I said this on the air that Florida had put 90 up on Boston College. Not that Boston College is some world beater or anything, but 90 points in a college basketball game. And, and man, I was worried about them their offense just being a little farther ahead than ours and Felt good to walk out of the TLCWC with a win. You know, it, I, I didn't, it made me a lot less nervous about the Duke game. I just didn't want to take my wife and go 0 for 2 for the day. So um, glad they got that early win. I'm excited for the Georgia Tech game. I'm excited to yeah. see us beat them. You know, we lose to them in the weirdest ways possible in every sport. And so I'm excited to beat Georgia Tech and get another hyped up Richie's basketball minute. Uh, is that the only game before next Sunday? Um, I'm not sure. When is that? You said that's on Thursday? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Oh, we probably yeah. play Saturday. So then. I think they play so, again before then. Yeah, we we'll probably play this Friday or this weekend or something. So we need to go 2-0 again if, if we play both of them this week. Obviously, I should have been more prepared to, to <laughs> talk about this. But any other thoughts on the basketball team or the game or anything before we move on from there? Now, man, just, um, just, go ahead, Fred. Go ahead, Richie. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was just fun. Like I said, it's in Florida State basketball, they've been fun to watch the past several years. Um, you know, when Leonard Hampton did, you know, he used to play like Virginia style of basketball where he'd be happy winning a game 48 to 44, changed the style of basketball, up-tempo, exciting, recruits took notice, brings in guys like Malik Beasley, John Isaac, Dwayne Bacon, now Scotty Barnes, and uh, Scotty Barnes, I'll just say this, he's the best Florida State basketball player um, since I've been following the program very closely in 2006 when I enrolled at Florida State in probably of my lifetime that I've ever watched. He is special. He's not going to be a go out and drop 30 points one night, but everything else he does, he's, he's going to spend a long time in the NBA because he's a skill set at his size that GMs are going to love. So guys enjoy watching him. However many basketball games we get this year, because he gone after this year. <laughs> Without a doubt, I'm with you. And just watching him over these games, he's just getting better. Um, every time he steps on the court, just watching him, he came out with it on his mind. Like you said, early in the game, he's trying to dunk on dunk on the guys. And that's what we need We need from him. Like, he's a freshman, so we know he's going to have to find his game, find his rhythm. But later in that game, you saw Scotty getting more and more aggressive as it went on. And throughout the course of the season, we're going to need aggressive Scotty because this team's going to rally around him. He's our guy. You saw when we were starting to um, lose that lead a little bit. This is our freshman. He's he's rallying the guys together, and that's they're gonna they're gonna move with Scotty. They're gonna match his energy. So we're gonna need we're gonna need him in big games. He's gonna step up, and you saw that in that moment. He wasn't afraid of the moment when they started coming back. Scotty got more aggressive. He dug in, and it's, it's exciting to see him have a guy like that. Haven't seen a guy like that at Florida State on the basketball side. So it's exciting to watch him. I'm excited to watch these guys grow. 
Yeah, it was there was at one there was one point, I think it was when Florida was making their little run to go up by nine. But there was one point where MJ and Scotty and Polite were all off the floor. And that's where our offense was just like, okay, what do we do? <laughs> like, where do we go? Balsa was in foul trouble. Um, you know, we just had no nobody that could kind of create. And that's gonna happen early, right? In the year until you figure out rotations and you get Scotty a little more comfortable and get these guys comfortable playing together. But, uh, man, I'm excited for the season as it progresses, you know, and I want to enjoy the journey. But as it progresses closer to January, February, March, to see the rhythm that these guys get in. Because when they get in rhythm, man, it it is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And and Florida State's, as always, or as they have been in the last several years, is going to be a really, really dangerous team late. Uh, Shout out to Harlan. We play UCF on Saturday uh, in the Tucker Center. So, see if they can – get some payback for us taking Milton. I mean, not like Milton would have started anyway with, with Gabriel there, but. Um, one, one last note on Scotty uh, for the fans that are casual, they didn't follow his recruitment. It's important to note that he went to a powerhouse Montverde high school, um, but he played power forward in high school. He never played point guard. And now here he is three games into his college career playing the position that he's still learning. He's going to be good, man. You know, I do think they team missed Trent Forrest early on because he was so good at settling down on possessions when they break down and getting the team reset. So Scotty's going to have to learn how to do that. But yeah, this is a guy that played power forward in high school and Leonard Hamilton said, hey, come play point guard. And this is only three games in and you've seen what we've already seen. So it's only going to get better from there. Yeah, it's going to be a team that's a lot of fun to watch uh, for the over the course of the season. I'm sure there'll be growing pains. I don't expect us to go 30, and 0 Uh, if we do that, would be great. But uh, I think it's going to be a team that's a ton of a lot of fun. Is the Georgia State game on the road? Is it here? It's in Tallahassee. All right, cool. Yep. So that's a sure win. So, like, that's all that, you know, games there in Tallahassee <laughs> are wins. Um, yeah, because when we go to Atlanta, night. funky it's things happen in basketball and football. Is that so. is it 7 o'clock on Tuesday? 8.30. Oof. Yeah, it's a bit late for me. <laughs> well, well, Freddie and I might be up there Wednesday anyway, so maybe I might oh. just on Tuesday night. We'll see what – Hey, it's getting go. more and more. It's getting more and more enticing, Freddie. Um, that drive ain't so bad if I sneak a game into it. So, um, so then we'll get to this. Wrapping uh, up the basketball game, we got a couple more things, and we'll get out of here. Uh, this isn't the big three roll up, but we're going to talk about the other two teams uh, on this show tonight. Yeah, right, we are. <laughs> the weekend was just too perfect. Saturday was um, Saturday was a great day. Let me just tell you. Now I have kids and like I've chilled out a little bit in my life and I didn't, you know, you couldn't tailgate this weekend anyway. Um, we went, we went and sat at midcourt about 15 rows up and had great seats for the basket game. We got invited up to a box. Yeah. 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 Time. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, just wait. I'm telling you. We go to the football – after the game, we just went back to the hotel room and chilled a little bit, watched a little bit of the Alabama game, and then we walked over to the – or we drove to Doak, and we were in the Champions Club for that, and it was just fantastic. But my wife looks at me after the game and just said, like, after the FSU game, and was like, man, I liked this way more than when we used to come to Tallahassee like four or five years ago. And I was like, when we were poor, like had cheap seats and – I drank, I just got like hammered every day. Of course you like this more. Like we were acting like adults and like people were hooking us up all day. So of course you liked it. Like, I was like, that's not like really, really a pro- profound statement that you like sitting, you know, in better seats than, you know, like white broke butt. So anyway, um, 
Florida and Miami did not fare so Oof. good. Miami was a, I, we won't spend as much time on this, but Miami was a massive uh, favorite in basketball, lost to uh, Dunk City, lost to Florida Gulf Coast University in hoops while we were beating the Gators. Uh, I won't give them too much crap for their basketball loss, losing one of their key players, yeah. but um, both those teams lost. And then we'll go, we will make fun of their football teams though, because I, I, don't, I don't have any, they, they ain't got no issues over there. Miami, I think as we're recording this, North Carolina just scored another rushing touchdown. Um, as well, we're talking, Miami <laughs> gave up a 60 burger to North Carolina, a 60 burger, not to Clemson, not to Bama, to North Carolina at home. Well, home's relative when you are Miami, but a 60 burger for, have we given up 60 yet this year? I don't think so. Right. Like, we never gave up 60 this year. We gave up 50, right. But like not 60. That's hey, the, the, the best thing I saw <laughs> was, uh, Someone tweeted at Kev, who's the host of the Storm Surge, who's from the 561. He's like, man, North Carolina's two running backs were seven yards shy of 561 yards. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, that's – oh, my goodness. Just – I mean, I remember our loss to – I mean, we lost to Lamar Jackson really bad when Freddie was here. But, I mean, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, and that was just yeah. like a perfect storm. <laughs> This was th that was the worst loss in the most yards that Miami's ever given up in team history, and so just absolutely embarrassing. A team that was pounding their chest and saying, "Hey, we're eight and one. We've only lost to Clemson, who's you know probably going to be in the playoff. You know, we're we're for real. You know, every year we're back." And uh, it was uh, the jury came back on that one, and 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 uh, Sam Howell was the judge and the executioner and everything else. Did you so, guys get to see any of it? Cause I know you were obviously uh, at the Florida state game uh, at the same time. Did they have it on at the champions club? How were people reacting? Yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on until like late in the fourth quarter. I, I went on Twitter to tweet, tweet something. And I saw the stat, the stat sheet. And I was like, it's no way they got this many <laughs> rushing. Like it, this has to be fake. Like, and then I looked, I, I started watching it on the ESPN. I'm like, these guys really can't stop the run. They're on the same play over and over again. Over too. and over and over <laughs> again. Like it's like high school out there. And all I gotta say is Fundraiser State University, <laughs> Florida State, they call us Fundraiser State. In a a COVID year, we didn't have spring. We had all these issues, new coach, new system, guys opting out from left to right, transfer portal. Nobody put up a 60 burger on us. And we beat North Carolina. So I don't know, man. They got to figure it out over there, man. Hey, and then we may need to raise some money for those guys because it, it doesn't look like they need to start a GoFundMe or something to get them some ACC championship rings because it's not happening. And their their <laughs> roster takes a massive hit after this year, even if King does come back. They're losing pretty much all their good players. They do have a couple um, good guys in the in the recruiting class, but now like immediate contributors. So, yeah, man, they that, that shows – gives hope for Florida state because the transfer portal can find you some wins. Um, and we're going to need that too, but yeah, that man, that was glorious watching that game and seeing that 60, 62 points. Like, Oh man, that, that, that felt great. Somebody just Kev. I don't know if, if you guys, you have to go to patreon.com slash big three roll up for this one, not our Patreon, but you can listen to same energy Sunday, which was fantastic today. I listened to it on the way home from um, on the way home from Tallahassee. 
and Kev has been talking about like, Hey, we're just going to keep turning out content. We're just going to keep doing pods and stuff. And he just tweeted something about how many pods should we do this week? And somebody replied, it was his brother just replied back. You should drop 62. <laughs> so, so they're not, they're not, they're on his throat, man. They're, they're not letting off. Um, then we move up the state about six hours um, and away from Tallahassee about two hours. And it wasn't quite a burger, but pro- maybe a more embarrassing loss. Uh, Florida came out and laid an egg in so many ways against LSU, an LSU team that came into the game with like 54 scholarship players. The SEC threshold is 53. Uh, at 53, you don't have to forfeit the game, but that's where the SEC says, like, if you get to 53 or below 53, you can, uh, or not forfeit, but you you can postpone it or cancel or whatever. We won't make you play with 52 or less scholarships. So, so they're literally right there on the threshold. Um, had a couple guys get hurt during the game, so they definitely went under during the game. And uh, a true freshman quarterback, son of FSU legend Brad Johnson, about FSU legend, but Super Bowl champion Brad Johnson. Um, he's a legend. I, I, I ran out, into him at Ken's and he had a Super Bowl ring on once when I was. Oh in my school, gosh, so. I thought I was embarrassing going to Ken's when I was like 25. What's he doing there? But, um, but anyway, LSU comes out and beats UF. Kyle Trask has three turnovers in the first half. Second half, Florida's offense just couldn't get going. And then obviously, we've all seen and watched the meme of the of the shoe toss a million times. But Florida takes a loss and their slim playoff hopes are virtually dashed. And that is over. Kyle Trask's slim Heisman hopes are also probably dashed unless something pretty crazy happens at this point. So uh, we were all out of our games and Freddie, I don't, did you go, did you go back to the hotel afterwards? Did you guys go out partying? What'd you guys, we went to proof and I watched it there on the big screen at proof uh, brewing there were some Gator fans in there watching it. I was having a pretty good time watching them sweat. But what, did, where'd you guys watch the game? What'd you guys do? We, we were finna head back out, but I turned around. I'm watching the game. <laughs> I, I hit my girl. I turned around. She, she knocked out. Uh, that's, I guess that's dead. But I got a question. What, um, Florida, this is for the equipment staff. Like, do y'all guys not give the guys the equipment they need to have at the school? Because um, this guy, he, he's stealing shoes off people's feet and what, trying to take them <laughs> home with him. What, what's going on with the equipment staff over there at the University of Florida? That's my number one question. You got guys stealing shoes, costing themselves opportunities in college football playoffs over some shoes. Florida, y'all got to make, make sense of this for me. I don't understand it. Yeah, man, I was uh... – so the game started at my wife's Christmas party at Top Golf. So I, as soon as Florida State was done, I made sure to switch it over because uh, her immediate boss is actually a UF fan, and we were having fun with it. Man, I was getting a, a little reckless in between, you know, drinking some beer, hitting the buffet, and just hitting bombs off the tee. Uh, it was man, it was exciting, and it ended at nine. And we got home, and I I just sat on the couch like, Dave, I know I said no more football when we get home, but we have to watch the end of this game, and it did not disappoint that. That shoe toss was hilarious. I thought it was a towel, like in the real time when I watched it. And then they show the slow mo's replays, and like, yeah, he took that guy's shoe and threw it a good. The best part's the ref, uh, you know, personal foul on Florida throwing a LSU's player twenty yards down the field. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he put the yardage in was hilarious. I, I do want to say this: like, it's hilarious that Florida uh, thought that they were going to compete for. I mean an SEC, let alone a, a championship. 
but Florida has looked bad for the last month, or at least looked like kind of mediocre, right? Very slow starts against Vandy, Missouri, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, another one against LSU where you go down 14 to seven and then throw another turnover. So Florida just got what was coming to them. If it wasn't this week, it was next week. If the shoe toss doesn't happen, I mean, Alabama just beats them by 50, you know, there might be another 60 burger this weekend when Alabama meets, meets the Gators. But I think it just speaks to just the fact that Florida was, I mean, Florida's best win came with, Stetson Bennett at quarterback for Georgia. And I hate to – I Florida fans do not, not like this. But I think if JT Daniels is, a, is the quarterback there, it's a totally different game. And I think that Georgia's got a pretty good chance, and that game kind of goes either way. Florida may still win it, but I don't think they win by 18 or or whatever it ended up being. And so Florida was kind of fool's gold for a lot of the year. And well, real quick, TJ. Lost it. to a team that – lost to a team that – I mean, even though Florida's fool's gold – LSU still shouldn't have beat them with like no. half their team out. Everybody left their offensive court. Like LSU is not good. LSU is bad. And they were a 23 point favorite. Richie, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, uh, that heading into this game, the teams Florida had beat had a, um, a, something like a 347 win percentage. Like they've not beaten anybody good. If you, unless you count Georgia, which that's, that's a good win, but the rest of their wins have been just terrible opponents. Um, and then to come and lose to a three and six team, I mean, ew. and if we're being honest, LSU legitimately, uh, if you look at advanced metrics, has the worst defense in Florida State. So Florida fans don't want to hear it, but man, that, I almost wish we were lining up this weekend. <laughs> I don't I see why they dug that smoke. I don't quite know about that one, bro. <laughs> they dug that smoke, man. Hey, it, I'm still riding high off this weekend, man. It, it, again, if you're a Florida State fan of football and basketball, with Florida and Miami being your main rivals, you, you had an outstanding weekend. And then, uh, and Florida State has fans of every NFL team, Bucks, Dolphins, Jags, Steelers. If your NFL team won too, man, but great weekend. Um, Florida. Okay. So I want to ask this too. Florida Mullen. I've never seen a coach take less responsibility than Mullen does. Um, and also have less accountability. But did you see his quote on the Marco Wilson throw? He said, I went back to watch the play and he made the tackle. Part of the football move, the kid's shoe was in his hand and he kind of jumped and celebrated with his teammates. So it's pretty unfortunate in that situation. Uh, I don't think there's any intent to taunt. So he totally, I mean, like there's one thing of not throwing your, your kid under the bus but when everybody in America watched him do something stupid <laughs> to just totally go back for him and say, I don't think there was anything wrong with that. Look like a football play to me is just asinine. And it's fine. I mean, I'm okay with it because I hope there's never any accountability there. And I hope Mullen never takes accountability for anything. And, you know, he's Gainesville Mark Richt and that's all he'll ever be. He's Gainesville Mark Richt and, Florida's going to win eight to 10 games a year and then never compete for anything seriously. And so I'm okay with that. So your thoughts on Mullen and the situation. He is terrible when you put a microphone in front of him and he's flustered and isn't sure how to answer it. Um, it reminded me a little bit. I don't know if you guys remember Curtis, Tony, he was pulled over a few years ago, had a loaded AR 15 in his car, which that, Hey, that's perfectly fine. As far as I'm concerned, 
pro 2A, but we're not getting into politics or anything like that. But Mullen said like the next day, this is from an article on Saturday Down South. Mullen said he has a no weapons policy, but also noted that players are allowed to own guns. Like he, he just puts his foot in his mouth all the time. And I love it. And, uh, you know, I, he did this a lot at Mississippi State, but no one really cared because it's Mississippi State. But now at Florida, you have the, a national spotlight on you. Everything you say is going to be scrutinized. And he's constantly, I don't know who's worse, uh, him or Dabo, because they both just say stuff that make you cringe. Uh, Freddie, what'd you think? What'd you think of Jimbo? What would Jimbo have said to uh, the media if you ripped someone's shoe off on a special teams tackle, threw their shoe 20 yards downfield, and you lost the game in a chance at a national title because of it? Jimbo would have ripped your ass on like you you man it wouldn't have been a question about what Jimbo would have said because on TV you would have seen him going off on the player on the sideline like it would have felt bad for the kid on the sideline but yeah mother he said some weird stuff like for him to say that it's like is is he just confused as he lost because he not only throws the shoe he gets up and flexes on the guy and stands over him like so I'm trying to see the film that Dan Mullen saw um all I'm gonna say is whatever his plug sold him is working because he's completely lost out there. Um, Dan Mullen, yeah, that's an interesting guy. Yeah, he, you know, Florida fans love the snark and everybody hates us and stuff, but like everybody doesn't hate Florida. Like there's no, you know, it's not Florida State in 2013. It's not Ohio State over the last couple of years. It's not Clemson or Bama. Like nobody really cares. And so he like, he goes into this, like, I, everybody hates me. I got to, stand up for my guys and people are just like no we just want to know why you're doing through the shoe like we, we don't nobody hates you bro like we just want to know what's going on here and i can even remember like we all remember when Jameis came out in the full uniform against clemson and jimbo just looked like dude i'm gonna kill you right now and that all got caught on tape and jimbo did a good job of like not throwing his guys under the bus but also not saying that they're just like innocent little perfect angels as well, right? Like I can remember after that one in the press conference, Jimbo was just like, hey, it's a miscommunication um, happened. We corrected it. He went back in and, and changed out of uniform and came back. Situation was over, right? So he didn't say like, oh, Jameis is just a piece of crap and how could he ever do that? And like he, he showed me up on the sideline. But he also didn't say like, Oh no, there was nothing wrong with that. You know, like that was totally fun. like he kind of like split the middle. And that's what Mullen could have done here. Hey, he was celebrating a big play, totally lost his cool, and just did something boneheaded and we'll correct it internally and move on and play Alabama this week. You know, like that's all he had to do. But for him to come out and say, Oh, it was a football move, like Florida fans, and that's the thing, like we'd have gone to bat. We we went to bat for Jimbo, like with everything he did for years and years and years. Florida fans are not going to bat. Like, they are literally saying Mullen's making it worse by saying this is a football move. So, anyway, I'm, I'm all for anything that makes either one of those programs just, you know, hit the absolute tank. So, and it's, it's hilarious here in, uh, you know, last week, Florida fans, it's, you know, this is a tune-up. We're locking up the Heisman, and, and uh, Bama better get ready. We're not even running the whole playbook. We're, way, we're saving it for Bama. Now you're 17-and-a-half-point dog to Bama. <laughs> so you better open up that playbook guys because it this has a 2017 miami season feel to it where they got up to number two in the country by beating a bunch of bad teams ended up losing to pit so the lsu could be their pit bama's gonna bama's gonna roll florida and then florida if they drop the bowl game man imagine going from thinking we got a shot to get to the playoffs to damn we got to make some changes because this ain't working 
Uh, Florida better figure it out because they had they've had more uniform combinations than Oregon this year. But next, <laughs> but next week they they're running into a straight dog and it's gonna get ugly. So y'all might look pretty out there, but it ain't gonna be pretty out there. It's gonna be a straight shellacking, and I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it. Early thoughts: seventeen and a half. What what side are you guys on? Ben with covers. Yeah, yeah, I I never bet against Saban. I. That's a lot of points, and if it stays on that side of it, on of the half, like if Saban Kyle has Trask, a chance, Kyle, Trask, Kyle Trask didn't didn't look great, but yeah. he has been really good at times this year. I, you know, Florida's defense isn't going to stop anything, but I can see Florida's offense putting up some points. And they should have pits available. So. Yeah. So I mean, I could, I mean, I could see. Florida not being competitive at all, but scoring some late touchdowns to make it like 14. I could totally see the yeah. backdoor cover on this. Like I could see Alabama up 28 going to the fourth quarter and Florida scoring two touchdowns to make it 14, yeah, th- but the game's go. never in question. Yeah. So 17 and a half is a lot of points. If it was 10 or 13, nah, I'd take Bama all day, but 17 and a half is. It's, it's, a, it's a big number and you for also, a conference championship. All that said, you don't bet against Saban, right? Like if the spread 17 and a half, like, that's because it's against him. And, so and Saban knows that his quarterback and Florida's quarterback are the essentially the two finalists right now for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I know they say they don't care about that stuff. I think Saban's a petty man, which makes him an unbelievable football coach. I think if he has a chance to make a statement, say, "Hey, SEC East, y'all, y'all ain't ready. Y'all are years away." I think he's going to do that. So I, I cannot wait for that game. Did they move it to prime time this year because it's normally at four? On, it uh, is. It's flipped with it flipped yeah. with the ACC, yeah. as it should be. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that game's still well. I don't well, know, the Clemson Notre Dame will be a better game, probably. Yeah. So, so I'm just glad they're at different times because yeah, right. You know, those two games are going to be awesome. I talked about this on the timeline too. I like all the other games going on 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 conference championship Saturday. Like, I would be okay yeah. if they started moving games around. Well, it's perfect because um, Florida State plays at noon. You got the ACC yes. at four. You got the SEC at eight. That's a that's a full day of football perfect. right there. And at worst case, Florida State loses to Wake, and then I just cheer for Notre Dame and Bama. Like that's like whatever. I'm at least going to win one of those games, probably the Bama one. But I can cheer against Clemson and against Florida with the best of them. So like, <laughs> and it's cool would that you, would you? T- <laughs> Here's a good one. Would you take the Florida State loss if it guaranteed that Clemson and Florida both lost too? No. What if what if the Florida State win meant that Clemson and Florida were going to win? That's fine. Florida can win. Uh, they, they've hey upsets happen that they're not I getting in the playoff. I don't want them to win the SEC. Send, send, them, New or- send them New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl where they'll probably play Cincinnati. Like I don't care. I really don't want them to win the ACC bro. or the SEC. Yeah. No. I just play our game gets canceled if that's the case. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? You know, you got Florida State, Florida. They're playing on Championship Weekend this year. Miami. That's true. And when if Florida State can find a way to win, and I can troll that win on Championship Weekend, we yeah. won on chasing the same day as the championship, then um, that'd be a lot of fun. What else do we have? What am I missing before we? Um, we kind of hit on it a little bit, but we were going to talk a little Heisman. Um, it's got to be Mac Jones to lose at this point. That that shoe toss not only cost Florida their chance at a playoff berth, I think that probably cost Trask the Heisman Trophy. Plus, turnover Trask did turn the ball over a good bit early on, which contributed to that loss. But um, 
I don't know what your thoughts on Heisman and then uh, your maybe your top four for the college football playoff. Yeah, I think it's, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say I think it's Jones's to lose. Um, I wouldn't be super shocked if like Devontae Smith had like a monster game if he got some consideration. It seems like a lot of he people should. are talking on him. Yeah. Um, the fact that he took a punt return back for a touchdown as well on it's huge. Uh, yeah, Friday or Saturday is pretty insane. They're buddies and they're teammates. And at the end of the day, they want to win the game. But I mean, if I'm Mac Jones, I'm not throwing him the ball in the red zone. <laughs> like, and I'm and I'm probably making that joke to him too. Like, hey man, we're up like we're beating these scrubs from Gainesville. Like, you ain't getting it. You better hope Saban calls an end around and I might just kneel it, but I'm I'm not throwing him the ball. <laughs> but I mean, if he was to have like a three touchdown game or something insane, I, I think he could kind of get into it. But yeah, the only way I'd see Trash getting is it with like a five or six touchdown performance and a win over Bama, you know, and then in that scenario, I, I do think he could still win it. I mean, he's still second, right? In the odds. I mean, he's not like out of it. Um, well, it helps Trask that Mac Jones is a favorite and one of his receivers is, you know, top three, right? Because wow. there's going to be some vote splitting going on. Um, we'll see. Freddie, what, who's your husband? Florida, if Florida loses, there's no way they're getting No, but yeah, it's, it's, they, yeah. They've got to win and, and that doesn't look likely. Freddie? Yeah, I think um Mac Mac he's the he's a league guy right now. But Richie, I'm with you. I know you've been big on Devontae Smith all season, and I think it should be some heavy consideration for him, for him. Um, what he's doing right now is just completely crazy. And I think he should he should be he should end up in that top two. It should be close close between him and Mac Jones. Really, like you said, these guys are splitting votes, but he's the best player on that squad. Like he makes them he makes everything roll. I know that's his guy, but what he's doing, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but in the special teams game, the return game, that's that's big. He's a dynamic player. And without them, it's it's going to be tough for them. And I really think everything rolls with Devontae Smith. So I hope voters look at that. Yeah, and I think if the way I'm looking at it, man, if Larry Fitzgerald couldn't win it at Pitt, I, I don't think Devontae Smith can win it because yeah, Fitzgerald's last season was ridiculous. Um they give it to the right now, the past what decade, it's the best quarterback on the best team with the exception of a running back getting it every now and then. So I fully expect Mac Jones to win it at this point. Um, speaking of Heisman, we were going to talk a little bit of college playoff. And since we've already talked about Dan Mullen kind of being an, an idiot, when people put microphones in front of his face, he did it again. Um, when they asked about Florida's loss and chance at the college football playoff last night, he said probably the best thing to do would have been to play less games because you seem to get rewarded this year for not playing an obvious shot at Ohio state, maybe a subtle shot at the fact that uh, uh, Notre Dame and Clemson didn't have to play their last ACC game. And this makeup game for Florida, that was a, a postponement due to COVID that again, Clemson and Notre Dame didn't make up their last games. Ended up costing Florida. I mean, probably more of a shot at Ohio State without a doubt, but little shade going everywhere. Um, dude, win the games that are on your schedule. Do you really need to see? I, I know we've talked about this, and me and Freddie have, I'm sorry, me and Rick have gone back and forth on it, and argued, and then agreed, and then argued again just because we like to argue. But like, did you need to see Ohio State beat Maryland this year or beat Illinois this year or even beat Michigan this year for you to know that who the, you know, I, I get it. But I mean, dude, just, don't lose as a 23-point favorite at home, and, and you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, have some accountability for your players and don't let them throw other players' equipment down the field, and you'll be fine. 
Uh, Dan Mullen is just the biggest baby of all time when it comes to this. And, you know, again, instead of taking the road of, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to do our very best to beat the number one team in the country. And at that point, as an SEC champion and beating the number one team in the country, if they think we're worthy of getting in, we're going to get in. That's all he had to say. Like, that's all he had to say. And he's salty and bitter and just being a little, I won't say it because I try not to cuss too bad on here, but like, he's just being a complete jerk and whining about the fact that his team got embarrassed on national TV. Um, So all that said, I'll get your thoughts on Mullen and your playoff teams, but my playoff teams are Alabama, Ohio State's in. I think Clemson wins on Saturday, so they're in. And then if it's a close loss, I think they keep Notre Dame in. If it's a blowout, I think Jimbo and AM get in as the four seed uh, in a rematch with Bama. What do you guys think about Mullen's comments and your playoff teams? Yeah, well, Mullen, man, listen, you just take accountability at some point. If that's if that's the way you're rolling, Florida State should have been in the playoff. We should have just scheduled Jacksonville State and we would have been in the college football playoff. One and oh, baby, put us in there. Like, if that's the thought process behind it, Molin, win the games that are presented in front of you, and then everything else is covered. Y'all were, like you said, y'all were 23 point favorites, and y'all, y'all flopped. Y'all lost against a team that y'all shouldn't have lost against. Got to have some type of accountability, and that is what it is. Ohio State, no matter whether they played three games, four games, or 10 games, they made it clear that they're one of the best teams in the country. So, that's not an argument you want to make. And for my top my top teams, of course, you got Bama number one. I say Notre Dame gets in if they um if it's a close game with them and Clemson, and Notre Dame ends up losing, they'll get in. Clemson gets in, and Ohio State, of course, I feel like gets in. But I agree with you. If Notre Dame gets blown out, then A and M will sneak in. Yeah, I think you know we talked on it. Mullen, he's clearly he's never gonna accountable for anything to make comments like that it's just uh, those are dabbo like comments right that's something you're you're trying to feed to your fan base and hope they get it but i mean <laughs> florida fans are they're not fed up with mullen but they're they're definitely you know two eyes to themselves two eyes to him because they're not happy with what's going on uh for the playoff at bama's in they're gonna beat florida that's that's the easy one um what i kind of hope happens i don't know who you guys are cheering for i want notre dame to beat clemson again uh, I know two teams in the two ACC teams in the playoff would be pretty cool. Um, but as far as, you know, financially, cause you get extra money for that for the entire league, but I, I would love to see Notre Dame beat Clemson and then you get Ohio state and A&M and, and get Jimbo back in the playoffs. But what I think is going to happen is what Freddie said, it's going to be Bam and Clemson who I think gets revenge on Notre Dame. You still keep Notre Dame in. So the ACC makes up half of the playoff and then Ohio state, if they beat Northwestern, which I fully expect they will, they're going to get in. So my, my final four has not changed for the past few weeks. Yeah. So that's my, that's certainly my prediction, I, but I do agree with Richie shocker. We've agreed on a couple of things this episode. <laughs> Everybody winning this weekend, put me and Richie in a really good mood. Um, I guess Brady didn't throw like three interceptions either. So Richie's not upset at anything, but um, I, I want Notre Dame to win. I never thought I'd be in a position to cheer for Notre Dame ever in anything <laughs> like for any reason, <laughs> But, uh, but I want, I mean, I'm Catholic at four o'clock on Saturday, baby. Like, like, let's roll. Let's get crying ass Dabo out of here and then save and get crying ass Mullen out of here. And, um, you know, when that happens, uh, I don't care who wins in the playoff. 
Neither you do know, I. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'd, I'd want A and M to win probably. I mean, I'm a guy that I, my general thinking on this is that like I want the I just want Bama to keep winning because they're already the machine that they yeah. are, yeah. and so like they're not going to get a boost for winning the national championship, no. right? Because they're already the top, like they're already the best. And so we're not going to lose a recruit that was like thinking about FSU and then like Bama wins. He's like, Oh, Bama. Like he knew yeah. who Bama was anyway. But like if a, if a new team like A&M or Notre Dame or, you know, certainly Clemson cause they're in our conference or Florida or somebody like that was to win. I think that kind of hurts FSU and trying to jockey up, but, but that's like a very, very macro. Like that's a big picture thing. As far as when it really comes down to the game, I, I don't really have a preference. Like, oh, if it's Clemson or this team, but I'm the kind of guy that just kind of says, keep keep Alabama winning, and and that'll that does the least amount of damage to FSU. Big picture, it probably doesn't matter if Ohio State ends up winning. You know, like it, that it doesn't really hurt us. Obviously, Clemson winning would hurt us. Florida winning would hurt us. Jimbo winning would hurt my timeline. So um, anyway, so we'll see there. But I'm excited for Thursday. I'm excited for Thursday to talk about the Wake Forest game. Uh, I'm excited to talk about a little bit about the, the basketball game on Tuesday night. And then I'm really excited to kind of get into the, the, um, the ACC and the SEC championships. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a couple thoughts on a potential guest for, for that show as well. Um, have we missed anything? I know we've got some shout outs. I know we've got some different things going on, but have we missed anything? Or you guys want to jump into some shout outs? I think we're good. I'll start us off then. Freddie, I didn't give you a chance. Did, did, did you miss anything? Did I miss anything with you? <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, I'll start us out. Um, we met some of the folks with Seminole Boosters this weekend, and that was super awesome to meet um, a couple of people behind the scenes. They're, I, I don't know if they're, they want their names broadcast out for everybody in the world, but met some behind the scenes folks with uh, Seminole Boosters, and they treated us great this weekend and had a good time meeting with them and chatting with them about a couple of things. And uh, we remind you this every week, but if you haven't, there is so much momentum right now with Florida State Athletics. Not only, you know, our women's basketball team that is really, really good, our men's basketball team that's really, really good, our football team that hopefully is starting to turn a corner and, and you see them win a game handily on Saturday, pick up a big transfer, but there's so much positivity and momentum with Florida State Athletics. If you haven't become a booster yet, those people are working their tails off. They, most of them pulled double duty on Saturday and they were at both games. So you can sign up to be a booster for just five bucks a day. I will keep fundraising at a uh, fundraising state university. And uh, I, you should really kind of jump on that bandwagon. You can go to boosters.fsu.edu and you can jump into the annual fund, the one tribe fund. Um, they're doing great things. And the only way we're going to get back is if everybody supports. So you can sign up for $70 a year, $5 a month, and uh, it'll be well, well, well worth it. Uh, that's my only shout, shout out to my wife for, for doing the eight hour round trip to uh, Tallahassee with me. Shout out to the Knowles for winning. Shout out to Marco Wilson for helping uh, seal the deal against LSU. You guys have any shout outs before we go? Yeah, I got one. Um, I talked about me leaving the mask in the car earlier. So I left my mask. And I was watching the game. I'm like, man, I'm not going to go back and get a mask. I've had some fresh Air Forces on, and I don't want to crease them up. So shout out to my girl. She she went back to get the mask for me. 
because I'm walking on my heels all day, my damn heels were hurting. And I go to the damn salon this morning to get a pedicure because my feet were hurting. Shout out to her <laughs> to going to get going to get that mask, man. She helped me out. Yeah, man. I, I don't really have anything, I guess. And I paid for it, but I don't care. It's still cool. I know Harlan will love it because I showed him yesterday. But shout out to Corey Smith, man. He's one of my favorite artists. Uh, he's on Cameo, really reasonable price, less than 50 bucks right now. Most cameos, they give you like a 30 second message or clip, but he get, his was like over two minutes. Um, I wanted to get him because that was me and my wife's first date was at his concert in the, the House of Blues in Orlando six years ago uh, this month. And he gave a phenomenal personalized message. Um, very humble dude. And uh, so shout out to him. So if you're if you're a fan of Corey Smith, he's a, he's a good dude. At least he seems like it. So That is awesome. I know that she was super excited to receive that. Um, one more shout out the team, shout out Harlan, Ed, Brian, the guys that help yeah. us out behind the scenes. You guys are always great. Um, I listened to Brian's podcast. Don't go out, don't go out there. Horror movie review podcast on the way up. They reviewed scary movie too. So they typically just do horror movies, but it was kind of like <laughs> a horror slash comedy and it was hilarious. So if you're not a horror guy at all, like if you don't like horror movies, but you've seen scary movie too, their review was fantastic. So go check it out. Don't go out there horror movie review podcast. I think that's it. I think I'm done with plugs. I think I'm done with shout outs. I think I'm done with all the stuff for tonight. I'm going to go watch whatever this Sunday night football game is. Oh, Bill Steelers. Heck yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm all about all of this. So um, there was some argument in the group about who would have the song tonight. So I don't know if we settled on who would get it, but uh, whoever's got the song, what, what are we playing to get out of here tonight? So, so Freddie's got a really good one, but I think we can play two. Cause I saw his was only like two minutes long. So uh, I'll let Freddie say his, but the one I want to do, it goes with my shout out, Corey Smith, and I'm dedicating this to the Florida Gators basketball program, maybe next year. Okay. And I got for the Miami Hurricanes and the Florida Gators, I got the Kurt Angle anthem, the You Suck. Um, The Nose got a win yesterday. You guys didn't. Things are back to normal in the state of Florida. We're back doing our thing, getting wins, and you guys, you suck. So that's what we're going out with. With a 60 burger. Yeah. Um, play us out, Harlan. I don't get anything else.
Times are a-changing, but I'm still the same Just as messed up as I've ever been I act like I did back when I was a kid But it hurts me more than it did back then I go out on the town and make a fool of myself I run around with the same rowdy friends I get drunk and obnoxious and wake up the next day swearing I'm never drinking again Yeah, my grandma still tells me enough is enough Life ain't a game, son, it's time to grow Maybe next year I'll start acting my age Turn a new leaf over my wicked ways Get a real job only 365 days until I change my ways. I dress like a slob, never tuck in my shirt. I let it hang over my baggy jeans. I wear an old baseball cap on the top of my head with the logo of my favorite team. I'm a big old kid, but I ain't ashamed Cause when the time comes around, I know I can change Maybe next year, I'll start acting my age Turn a new leaf, over my wicked ways Get a real job and start pulling my weight Only 365 days until I change my ways Maybe next year I quit blowing all of the cash Start working out and get off of my ass Maybe next year I quit putting off all the chores Maybe next year I'll visit my grandparents more Maybe next year I'll go back to church and repent Maybe next year I'll pick up my Bible again Whoa next year I won't be singing the blues Maybe next year I'll start telling the truth Maybe next year I won't stay drunk all the time And Maybe next year I'll have a little more peace of mind And Maybe next year I won't be so sad when I'm alone, alone.